Okay, so what do Dora the Explorer, Kurt Vonnegut, Bruce Dern, and Joy Division have in common? Perhaps there's not a lot, but their worlds do collide in the new film Coast by our guests today on Movie Maker, directors Jessica Hester and Derek Schweikart. Co-stars Fatima Patacek, perhaps best known as the voice of Dora the Explorer, as a teenage girl who dreams of leaving her small town on the central California coast. She gets her chance to do just that when a band passes through town, and the singer, an older guy, takes an interest in her and invites her to join the band on the road. It was written by Cindy Kitagawa, who grew up in Santa Maria and was inspired in part by her own high school experiences. In addition to Fatima Patacek, Coast features a really wonderful ensemble cast that also includes Sierra Bravo, Cristela Alonso, and Melissa Leo. I related to Coast because I lived in Santa Maria for five months back in 2005 when I was a reporter covering the Michael Jackson trial. And like several characters in this movie, and perhaps like you, I spent a lot of time in high school plotting out my future career as a rock star. As a matter of fact, this banging ass track that's playing in the background, that's me. And I think that we can all agree that it slaps. Jessica Hester and Derek Schweikart talk a bit this episode about whether Zoomers or Gen Z or whatever we're supposed to call them still want to be rock stars, or if that's over. I was pretty surprised by the answer. We also talk about Derek's work with directors like Ang Lee and Martin Scorsese, and how Jessica once got the rights to a Kurt Vonnegut story for $5. Speaking of good deals, we also talk about Movie Maker Production Services, which help them stretch their budget for Coast. If you're working on a feature film and you'd like to double your spend, I'd recommend emailing tim at moviemaker.com. That's the direct email for Tim Rice, who runs Movie Maker Production Services, and if you go through a simple screening process, he will hook you up. Finally, Derek and Jessica are partners in life as well as in filmmaking, and they work together on the Showtime series Couples Therapy. So I snuck in some questions about any advice they have for people who work with their significant other. I'm Tim Malloy from Movie Maker, and now two people I love talking to, Jessica Hester and Derek Schweikart, directors of Coast. You can learn more about the film at coastofthefeature.com. Well, do you both want to introduce yourselves and your film just to start us off? Sure. I'm Jessica. I'm a producer and co-director of Coast alongside... Derek Schweikart, uh, co-director with Jessica and, and producer of Coast. We recently finished it and recently premiered at uh, the Santa Barbara International Film Festival to a really amazing audience reaction. We're super excited. Yeah. About. We can get into that more, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, Coast is it's a, it's a story about life on the central coast of California, uh, focused primarily on a 16-year-old girl named Abby and her conflicting relationship with her family and her town and her friends and, and has an opportunity to go on the road with a traveling rock band. And it's really this like one little week of her life and whether or not she's going to, what kind of decisions is she, she going to make? It, it, we set out with the intention to tell a story about uh, girls that you don't normally see on screen. Yeah. Um, the writer grew up in Santa Maria, California. The producer that invited us to take part in the project, she grew up in Santa Maria, California as well. They're both mixed uh, Mexican, Irish, uh, the writer's Mexican, Japanese, and Portuguese. And 
you know, they never, they, they really felt that if there was ever movies told about any of anyone in their likeness, it was stories that dealt with harsh things like drugs or, you know, just graphic are, are they were the daughter of somebody who was a housekeeper, (laughs) you know, so they, they wanted their, their real life adventure as Americans in the United States, which was just like mine growing up in Westchester, New York, which was like hanging out with your friends and how they're the most important people in your life. And, you know, what it feels like when you start to actually start to feel like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'm growing and my friends are no longer like me. (laughs) And then what, where do I, where do you find yourself? And, um, this character, Abby, she finds herself in music, um, which I relate to because I found myself in theater and art, but I think the writer found herself in music and fashion and it like helped her see a world beyond what she believed was in front of her in her small town. Um, but like Derek said, it's, it, it doesn't stay there. The adventure is really looking back at her hometown and, you know, help have those relationships shape you. Yeah, it's a coming of age story and a very musical story. You have a killer soundtrack, by the way. I know, we love it. (laughs) But I like how you do work in the history of the area of Santa Maria through the project that they're doing at school. I thought that was a really nice way to do it. It isn't heavy handed. It isn't overdone, but it just gives some like, it gives just some perspective to who who everybody is and where they're from. And I used to, I lived in Santa Maria for six months as a visitor. That's That's so crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I, I covered the Michael Jackson trial, which took place in Santa Maria. Yeah. And got to know the town a little bit. Uh, the part uh, about 90 seconds in where somebody threatens to shoot them for trespassing resonated for me because I did walk my dog on somebody's property and they did threaten to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's a cool town. It's a mix of like very rural, very suburban. And you found the most amazing locations like the beaches not too far away, uh, the town of Guadalupe nearby so many great spots and I felt like really as as an outsider who lived there briefly felt like you really did the town well yeah I mean we were outsiders who went and lived there for four um, months for about four months yeah it was a weird sort of transitional time in in, in our lives and um, I, I'm from California I'm from Los Angeles and there was this weird period where like all my stuff was in storage yeah. and I was traveling around doing different movies and we had this window of time it was like let's go to Santa Maria and let's let's make a movie was our plan right <laughs> and so jessica and i go out there and we just like i moved all my stuff up to santa maria and furnished an apartment and just like we moved in and we started working with uh cindy and we're meeting all the locals and we're like we're gonna get you know people to finance our movie which of course didn't <laughs> happen for another couple of years no um, but that time spent there we ended up the locals started to bring more texture and more voice to the story and it was, it was the best thing we ever did yeah and like the the history was stuff that we just discovered you know and sort of by being outsiders and working with cindy like there were things that we could give we could offer perspective on like oh no really that's cool and she's like really it's like yeah you know and and then and then she would she would be like okay and let me let me take a look at this as the writer and how do I work it into the story and so it's this kind of back and forth collaboration between us and Cindy while we were living there that really informed the piece and w- one of the things that I'm very proud of with with Coast and just informed I think me personally as an artist was when you're dealing with real people in real places like the more that you dig into something, the more it's it gets good. You know what I mean? Like, whereas with other stories that are all sort of like just craftsmanship and and I, you know, big ideas, when you dig into it, they kind of fall apart. 
you know, yeah. where we kept discovering new things or new angles yeah. or new characters. Big ideas never really work. I mean, they do, but you know, the things that hit your heart are like, you know, when you find the, the, the details about people, I mean, this is our, you know, experience and feeling around it. And I think what makes uh, Coast so universal is because we did get specific with details, you know, like we've had audience members who've watched it and they're like, you know, it's not a story of California that you expect. They're like, it's like suddenly I'm like, I'm transported to my own hometown and they can see themselves in the story, you yeah. know, like their version of the agricultural something else, you know? Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and Santa Maria, and I'm glad you brought up Guadalupe too, because we, we talk about Santa Maria a lot, but a lot of what we shot was in Guadalupe. Which oh, is this, and they were so welcoming and so lovely and fun. Yeah, and it's this amazing little town that if anybody's driven up Highway 101, like all the way up California, they've probably driven right through Guadalupe and maybe didn't stop, but we'd encourage them to stop because it's it's very cool. And the, the dunes that are right there are awesome. And it's just, it's like, kind of stuck in time a little bit you know it was it has a very main street usa feeling um but it's just it's just aged in a very particular way yeah you know? we have a few of the locals in the film which it was a lot of fun for us as well like the police departments in it and also we uh local local restaurant so yeah oh, park in <laughs> fact the, the high school scene in the movie was was actually the town hall of guadalupe that they we, we couldn't we couldn't get a high school location and they were like you can shoot in this like bonus room i forget what they called it it's some <laughs> random room and i was so upset about it at first and it like, was so perfect yeah but then it, it worked had out the great. old tv with the vcr <laughs> <laughs> well the spanish restaurant you found i think in guadalupe where i've never been but am determined to go it has this like 50s feel to it and i saw on your oh, instagram God. is it coast the film on instagram yeah. yes mm-hmm. yeah there's like a picture of the outside sign which is just so awesome, like 1950s Americana. Yeah. And they also have Menudo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, it's next time I'm up there, I'm 100 Well, the one part of it that you don't see in the film, because it didn't totally, totally make sense, is they have this whole like bar in the back where they do like dancing. And and so there's like this, this diner restaurant and then this bar is like two completely separate vibes where they're right, like they're part of the same restaurant. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's so much history on the wall there because it's like all of the you know, just the community from generation to generations, they're like all over the world. I know, and we tried, we filmed a bunch of it and we really tried to work it in, but it, it was like- Without interrupting the narrative. Yeah, that, and that's what I mean. Like, it was so dense. Like when you go to these places that are real, it's like, there's just, there's just, there's life in it. There's history in it. And it really is, makes our jobs a little bit easier in some ways if you're, <laughs> if you're brave enough to go in there and do it that way. Well, it's also a good hang. I know Quentin Tarantino always talks about movies that are just a good hang, like Days of Confused. And this totally took me back to high school and just like when everybody had a band, was starting a band and, you know, are you going to go up at open mic? It it, it gave me the same anxiety I had in high school and places where it was like, (laughs) I'm not going to go. I'm not going to sing. Like, no, it's too too much. I'm just super curious about whether teenagers now are starting bands and whether that's a thing. Like, Oh, it's absolutely a thing. Um, And it's a thing in that area. Um, I mean, we did a focus group with the teenagers in that area and they related to so many aspects, but the music, when we, it helped us get very clear about the music quickly is when we realized that they listen to like, they have, they have a plethora of music. Like they, they, you know, they can go on the computer and find anything and they love old music, but in regard to old music, that's our music, (laughs) but in regard, in regard to, uh, wanting to be artists singers you know form bands absolutely 
it is very present for them today. Yeah, and we, we worked with a lot of local bands. In, yeah. In the film. Um, and there's a music scene there. Yeah. That's awesome and so encouraging because I always feel like, you know, rock music is dead. Not really, but it just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel hopeful sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, well, you know, the, the three bands that, that we had at the Red Barn outside of our, our fictitious band um, were all from that, that area. We met them in that area. So, you know, Dog Party or Two Sisters. Um, I think they're actually from Sacramento, but we- Yeah, but we, 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 we met them going well, we met to them check at, out the music. Yeah, we met them. So, so there, there's a venue in, in San Luis Obispo called Slow Brew, which um, moved a couple years ago to a bigger venue. And, uh, but before, they had, they, I don't know, anyway, it's a really awesome venue in, in Slow that a lot of people have played, including Group Love, actually. Yeah. Um, and they were opening for Agent Orange. We went to see an Agent Orange show and we go and there's like these two teenage girls who are just like tearing it up. <laughs> and we went, we talked, chatted them up a little bit after the show and, you know, told them about the movie. And we weren't in the position to make it then, but we ran into them randomly, like at a year Madonna later Inn. at the Madonna Inn. <laughs> oh, awesome. We recognized them. We're like, wait a minute. We, you know, and so Jessica runs over and she's like, hey, hi, we met, you know, <laughs> do you want to be in our movie? Because we were ready. Well, there. I remember the, the first time we met them though. I mean, I was following them around like a weird, you know, groupie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when I wanted to observe this teenager, I'm like, is this the teenager in our movie? Right. <laughs> and that's yeah. true yeah we were still casting at that point yeah we weren't yeah. we didn't we had not cast abby yet oh wow yeah so yeah they we met them before i mean they, they've they been a part of this for a long time um yeah again dog party and there's they're super cool um we also worked with the uh, Haley and the crushers who is like really big in that in that scene and, and slow um and it was just a lot of lot of fun, a lot of great energy like really rooted in the community and and then the, the third band was poncho and the wizards yeah. I, I mean, if anybody's keeping rock and roll alive, like they are, they are, and they're, they're so, so, they're so great. And they're, they're so, so cool. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was really kind of astonished when you got all the Joy Division in there, because at one point they start singing Level Tear Us Apart. And I'm like, did they just slip this in hoping like they'd get away with it? But no, you did it legit. You use that in atmosphere. How yeah, did you- did it legit. I mean, that has been a very exhausting process <laughs> um but we, you know we stayed committed many phone calls many like you know it, it, explaining ourselves making it clear where we're coming from you know and uh, they eventually all the labels and you know they they started to say yes so awesome my <laughs> god you got a lot of husker do too yes mm-hmm. just yeah. uh, believe me we've been harassing bob mold a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't always give us time of day, but I think he'll love the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so um, cool. Husker Du was a big influence in the beginning of the of, of the movie. It was one of um, Cindy, the writer's like favorite bands when when she was growing up, and um, she put that that you know her feelings around that into the the character, um, and and so interestingly enough, like the the film, I don't know if it's if it's clear, like the, the film was written to be more of a of a period piece you know from Cindy's life from in, you know the 80s and growing up in, in that area but what we found as we were you know trying to get it made was it just it, it, the budget for doing a period piece was like a whole other level and we just couldn't we couldn't afford it 
you know? And so what we, the first thing we were worried about was music. And like Jessica mentioned earlier, we, we took it to a group of teenagers. We did a focus group and we're like, what do you guys think of the music, you know? And it just became really clear to, they to us the that, music. It was yeah, like it was fine. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was totally fine. And we didn't need to update that much. And it worked out for us because it kind of made Coast sort of like not in any real particular time period, even though they have cell phones and it's all very modern. No, but thematically it actually works more in present day because I feel like back in the 80s and 90s, and this is my own perspective of it, but I feel like running away was very glamorous, you know, or leaving your small town to go to the big city to become this amazing artist um, was the thing. I feel like, and probably throughout many generations, but now it's like, there's a big focus on like really staying home, becoming yourself and, and standing for who you are and, and your community. It resonated with me because I grew up in San Pedro, California, which I thought was just this boring town. And then going out and traveling a little bit, I'm like, no, this is the most like legitimately diverse in every way place I'll ever live this incredible music scene. I mean, we have like these sweeping cliffs. It's just, you, you don't realize how cool your hometown is until you leave. Yeah. And I think watching this movie through the whole thing, I'm like, if I had like a scene that was this good when I was in high school, I don't know if I would ever <laughs> take it off, but I did. And I, and I did take off. It's just the mistake we all make, I guess, the mistake we have to make. Have to make. Yeah. And I feel like that story is more and more common. And, you know, like Abby in, in our film kind of has, the benefit of like that wisdom somehow that you know it's very rare for <laughs> it takes forever for us to get yeah yeah but but it kind of is hopefully an opportunity to question their own motivations if they are a teenager watching it and like what what's really important and burning we also hard. we also don't say she's going to stay there forever right we make right. that clear as well and i feel like that is important for a lot of teenagers totally yeah no that's great thank you for clear yeah because i don't we got well, she's 16. I mean, she doesn't have to, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, one day I'll go to China. <laughs> yeah. 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 Plus, it's like, it's really the, the difference of doing it on your own volition for the right reasons versus like, you know, signing up to some fantasy with, with some, you know, just, just hooking your dreams onto the wrong, uh, I don't know what the right metaphor is there. Well, it's a, the, guy, the guy who's kind of her avenue out, you never straight out say this guy's bad news. But if you look at it through the lens of now, you're kind of like, yeah, this wouldn't look good written up in, you know, no, but that was important to us that it's like he had qualities that were very attractive and, you know, he was seriously like in with himself, like I'm an artist and this is what I do. And that yeah. was his agenda. <laughs> and you got an incredible reception at the Santa Barbara Film Festival. Santa Maria is in Santa Barbara County, even though it's completely different from the stereotypical Santa Barbara County, which is very well-to-do soap opera extremely yeah. wealthy folks but they they went for it they did <laughs> yeah. they did i didn't know it you know it, it, it be, well i think mickey the oh, yeah. i guess he's the what is his role i forget but he's, he's the one who reached out and programmer and brought us there and he was a champion for the film from the beginning yeah. and he totally connected with the music and he you know he just loves seeing and I, I i think for like yourself maybe a lot of people go to santa maria they're like oh, wow, we got to go there more. It's a yeah. thought about, like, should we buy a house there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think he loves Santa Maria in that way as well. Yeah. I think it's a landscape and just, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, it's very real to, to people who live in that area. And, you know, just even, even if you just go between LA and Santa Barbara, you drive through Ventura County, right? When you see the, the big farms and Oxnard and all that, yeah. all those locations and, you're, and, and you realize like, 
there's a whole story and world of the people who work there, who own yep. the farms, who who manage that. And there's this like this life that you just you can't ignore. You can't you can't pretend like, oh, food just shows up magically in the grocery store from heaven and yeah. drops into a saran wrapped, you know, thing. It's kind of like, who are these people? And and I just feel like it's very for a lot of that area, it's very like part of your community well, I, and culture. I also think that, and it's it's the part I forgot myself until I shared it with an audience. As a filmmaker, you're in it, you're in it. And then like, oh yeah, is it's, it's Abby's story, but it's also like all these other character stories. So if, you, if yeah. you're not identifying with Abby, you're ident- identifying with her mother or the boy next door, the guy at the record store, you know, like there's so many possibilities to see yourself back in this film. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was important for us because Bruce Dern, it, it, we leave him out, but he is one of the people that actually was like part of planting the seed and making this film. Yeah. Um, he kind of brought all of the me, Wendy and Cindy together and he really encouraged Cindy to tell the story. Um, but he would always say to us, a movie is its moments. Mm-hmm. And we took that very seriously. <laughs> We're like, we didn't want it to be the plot heavy film. We wanted to have these like moments through life that moved you forward to the next. And I think, I actually think we were successful in doing that, so. Is Bruce Turner a Santa Barbara guy? How did he find everybody? Uh, you know, I can't fully, like, I, I, I don't recall like exactly how Wendy, well, actually I do. He was looking for an assistant, I think, and Wendy, uh, our producer applied and, uh, she got the job, but then they became dear friends and uh, partners in a, and they have their own company called Publicly Private. Oh, cool. um, and I was fortunate enough to meet them working as a costume designer in New York <laughs> as they were working on a film. And then that, he just, Bruce always looked for like, I mean, I, what he believed as the underdog at maybe, and at the time, maybe we all were, now we don't see ourselves as that, but <laughs> you know, he always looked for like the light in everyone and wanted to know their story. And I think his curiosity and interest in that way um, was able for us to like see each other and start to get curious of what we could do together. So. Good job, Bruce Dern. Yeah, Yeah, he really sees people, you know, it's, it's, he's he's an impressive human being. Yeah. Troublemaker, but yeah. I should disclose movie maker had a played a small assist in this movie. And I don't really know how, because this preceded me coming into movie maker. I guess you work with movie maker production services. Can you tell me what happened and how you found us or we found you and what that was like? We had a producer on board who wasn't able to stay with us. She is, we still credit her as consulting producer. She's amazing. Um, Her name's Pin and she brought Movie Maker to us. We essentially formed a partnership with Movie Maker Production Services where we were able to leverage the relationships that Tim and, and Kayla have with various different vendors and um, other, you know, whether it's equipment vendors or, you know, rental companies or um, other filmmakers, you know, other filmmakers or, or, you know, public publicists and other artists who, who are in, in the, the community. And they'll work deals with them that will help support our project. How it helped us as the filmmakers is that even though it's like, it was such an untraditional route to go to make the film, but making a film at our budget level, um, it makes so impossible to make a film. But Tim came with an expansive uh, knowledge of like 
that it could be done and how you can get it done. So he would share those little pearls and gems to time to time. And, you know, we, it's like we rolled up our sleeves together and we're like, okay, yeah, we can't do it this way. How can we do it that way? And, you know, we'd find a way. And he worked really hard on, on going after um, vendors or, or equipment that we wanted. So even things that he didn't have connections with. I mean, our editing machines were, um, we we acquired through uh, movie making production services. Uh, they came from Puget Systems, and they're fantastic. And so we we cut the whole movie in house. We didn't we didn't rent it. Anything yeah, like. we did that with lights. We, we did, did it with, with... lights. Um, we did it with some transportation needs. We did it with uh, what else did we do it with? Um, I mean, those are the main things. And that, that's a lot. Our, right? our, well, our, our publicist, Krista. Our, our publicist. She has a great relationship with you guys. And she started working with us. Um, and that was a great experience. Also, like, you know, I would, it's, it's hard to gauge the festival circuit. You know, like, what festival is good? Like, where, what, how, where do we put ourselves to align ourselves for success? And I think I kept harassing Tim about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you think of this festival? Should we do this? And he was always responsive. He always gave me, was very generous. Um, and he's kind of like, he would see the good of everything. and was always honest about it. He's also a filmmaker, so he understands the process and is, you know, helpful. In that yeah. Way. And for anybody confused, that's Tim Rice. I'm Tim Malloy, and I was absolutely <laughs> useless and of no help to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know you, so. <laughs> yeah, now, now you I can be great. I'll do whatever I can now. Um, now that you finished the movie and are already successful with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we kind of talked about all the stuff that you have to overcome just getting a movie made, but what was the biggest obstacle that you both faced and how did you overcome it? I think the biggest obstacle was, I think if we held out for like the industry, like a uh, seal of stamp of approval, it was waiting for an, uh, we would have to go after actors with commercial, like already known foreign sales value. Um, and they would give us all these names and it was like, they didn't really fit the, you know, the, who our characters were, you know, they weren't authentic to our characters. Um, and I think it was a huge risk we took, but we were like, we need to cast as authentic as possible. Um, and, you know, I think we kind of, in some ways, when we made that decision, we realized that we were on our own <laughs> and, you know, it, it was hard. It, it's when you don't have the proof, co- proof of concept before in sales money, it's harder to get an investor behind a film. Um, but you know, we have no regrets. It was, I mean, it was a long haul to like, you know, stand for the film, keep, sharing, 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 sharing. This is why we're doing it. This is, it has to be done this way. And finally we found the right people. Um, but I, I would say that was the biggest challenge, would you? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I mean, getting it, getting started was really the hardest, you know? Um, and what really, the only way that we got through that in the end was committing to a date. You know, we, we put a start date in and we said, we're doing this no matter what. We didn't have all the resources that, that we needed. Yeah. We started to, once once you have a stake in the ground, we started to have a date and we could mobilize people because, you know, if you don't know when, because scheduling is so important for filmmaking because it's like, you think about the years or, you know, months to years to many years of preparation that go into making the film, all of it converges, especially in an indie, into like a couple of weeks, 
you know what I mean? And then it like, you, you make it, you capture what you can, then it yeah. explodes back out into post-production, which, you know, can then take a long time to see what kind of a mess you made in, during those few weeks. And, but if you don't have that stake in the ground, you know, that just keeps getting pushed further and further away. And in all fairness, the stake in the ground came when me and the writer were like, we don't care. We'll make this for $5 in our pocket. We're going up there with a camera. And we're making this project. And yeah. these guys were like, okay. And it, it ended up not being $5. Thank but, God. But, you know, as you go into it, the people start to get excited when things are happening, right? And then then you have something to point to and then you're making a movie and then you get the resources. It's 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 not easy. It's not for it's not for the faint of heart, yeah. but it's um but it's I quite think the adventure. There, and there's never a point in the process, like even now, like you're still like who's on board? You know, like okay, we got past like we did proof of concept with the actors, they work, they are hitting the audience, they're responding, but like you know what just everyone wants to know that somebody else is gonna take the risk with you <laughs> so it's like always hard it's like who's gonna who wants to be at the table <laughs> could we just talk about your your background in filmmaking um jessica first of all you did something involving kurt vonnegut that sounded completely fascinating yeah um that was uh i, I was it was a short story long walk to forever um, it started with an actor who was like, uh, I really want to do something with you. Let's do something. So we're like, let's, let's find material that, you know, works for him. And I remember reading the story when he had a coffee book table and I was like, and I brought it to him and he's like, I love that story. And um, we went to the Vonnegut Trust. Um, it was another crazy story of like, just really committing to your truth and is, uh, when I got there, they like gave me this outrageous number <laughs> to be able to, and I'm like, you realize there's no market for short films. <laughs> like I, you'll charge me this and then I'll have no money to make the film. Um, but they like in, bon in the pure Vonnegut spirit, which I've learned through the process of making the film is Vonnegut was so not attached to anyone making, he's like, I wrote the story, do what you want with it, you know? Oh, and, wow. um, his, his who his lawyer was in charge of his trust who has passed away donald farber who i became very close friends with he's like Vonnegut would want me to give it to you oh, <laughs> so wow. he, he exchanged it to me for five dollars <laughs> which was beautiful um oh. and then, yeah set up making that that film it lives now at the Vonnegut uh museum it's a gorgeous film. I, I, I had nothing to do with it. Well, that's not true. I helped him post a little bit. No, you did color. You have to post. I, I like cut it and I'm famous for this. And this is how we forged our relationship is <laughs> I get to place in the cut. And I'm like, so tired of myself, but I'm like, we're done. And then we go to color and then I'm like, we need to re-edit this. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's really And then Derek comes in. He re-edits. He did. He did. The color was done by a really amazing colorist, but Derek always comes in for the points that we uh, cut our puppy. Sorry. <laughs> um, our our rule in the age of Zoom is if we hear a dog, you have to introduce the dog. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's the dog's name? We'll judge if they're a cute dog. I'm sure they're a, cute a dog. puppy. His name is Bowie. Oh. Um, <laughs> See, this all comes back because, ah, oh my God, what's up, Bowie? Oh my God, he's cute. He's the cutest dog we've had on here. Sorry, every other dog. Very, very <laughs> oh, he's happy to be here. Hang out for a minute. He's happy, but it'll be very distracting. <laughs> oh my God, he's adorable. You have that moment in the film where a group wants to be Bowie meets Bad Brains. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are living it. 
<laughs> we're living it. He's a little Bowie meets Bad Brains, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's so cute, but believe me, he's been working it. <laughs> and I understand that Derek has worked on a lot of big budget things, uh, including, I don't even know where to start, Hugo. I mean, working with Scorsese. <laughs> Yeah, he's worked on Hugo, I'm answering for Derek Hugo, Life of Pi, um, 47 Ronin. I mean, am I, what am I missing? He's like, he works with Ang a lot, quite a bit. He's, you know, I, um, when I met you, what were you working on? When you met me, I was working on... Illusion. <laughs> Illusion. <laughs> um, yeah, it was around the 47 Ronin time. I, I uh, you know, I started working... Um, directly out of college where I did film studies at UC, UC San Diego. And my, my dad and my uncle both worked in the camera rental business in Los Angeles. My dad was a rental manager for Burns and Sawyer, which is kind of a old legendary <laughs> rental company for, for many years. And um, so I, I grew up in that, in the industry in that, in that way from a very technical side. And after college, <clears throat> um, my uncle Tom, uh, he gave me the opportunity to work at the camera house um, or he, he helped me get the job because he was working there. But I started in shipping and receiving, you know, just cleaning cases and sweeping floors. And, and I was fortunate that it was right when digital was coming in. And I learned that very quickly because I, I kind of took to it. And, and the playing field was so even because I could go out there as an expert in a field where people who were doing it for 15 years didn't know anything anymore. And, you know, it was unfair in some ways, but it was really great for me um, because in 2005, I was given a chance to work with David Fincher on Zodiac and I was there for six months and got a great education. And then that parlayed into working with um, James Cameron's 3D company, uh, Cameron Pace. And primarily I worked with Vince Pace um, who taught me a lot and migrated into post-production. They're trying to do 3D workflows, which is also brand new. Yeah. That introduced me to Aang and I was doing his movies with them, 3D and high frame rate. So I've kind of had this career of doing a lot of um, high complicated workflows. Um, so, you know, when it came to doing Coast, I took on a lot of the, the you know, things. We were fortunate and because I could do a lot of things, like I ended up doing the conform and I did the color grade myself and set up the data pipeline and yeah, so there's, you know, there's the, the technical side of filmmaking is really interesting because it's, some people get really lost in it, like it's like filmmaking is only technical and we're, or it's like, or filmmaking is like not technical at all and it's only storytelling and it's like, it is a marriage of both, yeah. you know, like, it really is, like the way that digital has freed up um, the ability for people to make films at a higher level, you know, um, it's just it's all brand new and today is really crazy with the, the quality you can get out of an iphone i mean it's it's amazing i'm so sorry i don't <laughs> but you just have to get used to it there's dogs in the world yeah. <laughs> i just text my sister and said can you please take the puppy <laughs> no look <laughs> we have a baby like we are immune to sound and <laughs> to that point. like it's I like I think the sound this of is training us to deal with it because we're like I, I'm like ignore him ignore him ignore him <laughs> no don't don't worry at all okay if, if people don't want this information they can just you know not listen to a cute dog frolic around fine <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you break things down as co-directors I mean who sort of runs the set and who 
I, I feel like, well, I mean, this was interesting too, because we were dealing with a lot of younger actors. So I feel like we just kind of became the parents and sometimes you listen to mom, sometimes you listen to dad. dad. Um, <laughs> right away, he's the softy. I was the one who was like the bad guy. <laughs> right, do people go like, can we do this? And then you say yes, and then dad already said no or vice versa. Like, did people try to play you off each other? some way sometimes um yeah it was a learning experience for us I mean you know the quick backstory like we we did six short films sort of in collaboration before but never as co-directors it was our first time as co-directors so yeah so there was was a lot to learn internally (laughs) yeah on on how to how to navigate it Um, um I mean my background is working more with actors so that was the easiest you know like default as I'd go do that I mean I have such a desire to to speak to the lenses and what camera we're using and the overall vision of it. But like the default was I, I'll, I'll go get the work with the actors and his is more on the technical side. Um, even though he has such a desire to work with actors too. Like I, so it's like, you know, we, in your head, you're like, well, I really want to do this too. But you, you know, you figure out the, when to pass the ball to one another. Yeah. I'll say this, you know, I, I generally am, am like, I don't know. I'm gonna try this on. Okay, <laughs> so forgive me. I'm a, I'm a little bit more of a of a how kind of person than totally a, a vision person. I feel like Jessica is much more vision visionary than than I am, and she'll she'll see where things are going, and then I kind of figure out how to how to build it. And it's That's not that. Yeah, and it's not. Um, you know, when I say building, it's not always all technical. Sometimes it is like, you know, how do we arrange the, the dynamic here or, or whatever. Um, Our piece of the story, he'll be like, well, if we add this, then it'll help us get there. Yeah, you know? right, exactly. So, you know, but it's, it's she, she usually has a, I mean, I, I credit her with so much of what is good in this film, the, the, the things that she would fight for and <laughs> the, human, the humanity and just, you know, the, the, the characters and throughout the whole post-production process. I mean, honestly, with, with the edit, she was, she really led the edit from a directing standpoint um, with uh, Angelica, our, our editor, who's also her sister. So oh, she cool. got to work that yeah. dynamic as well. Um, but Derek did some editing as well. Yeah, yeah. So I would sit down and, and, and get into that seat on occasion too. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of how it goes. Like I would, I would have on my brain things like, okay, how are we moving the data where we, you know, and she wouldn't worry about those things. And she would have things up to In fact, sometimes I'm like, you know, we work as a post supervisors. We just did recently together, but I still, my head still goes, I don't even want to think about (laughs) it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, one little detail. I don't know if this was, an, I assume everything was very intentional, but I listened to this movie in headphones and y'all did some amazing stuff. I mean, there was a lot of just sort of switching channels and going back and forth with sound. That was really, it, I feel like it's one of those things that as you were doing it, you're probably going, oh my God, no one is going to notice this. And I just want to say, I noticed it. I mean, it sounded great. Well, that we, I mean, I don't even think we could take full like credit for that. It's called Anderson, he is an incredible uh, re-recording mixer sound designer. He's just, yeah, he, and he loved the music. So that definitely was a plus. He loved, he loved sounds. And I mean, he definitely uh, brought the, the, the film to another level with his work, yeah. you know, especially like for points where, you know, it's a, a lower budget film. And I, and I think he helped raise the camera itself, raise that, raise that level for that. But so did 
calls work. Yeah. Yeah. Calls brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. The last thing I wanted to ask, um, I know we've gone for kind of a while, but you guys are working on couples therapy for Showtime. Yep. Yes. We what had, is that like? We were post supervisors for season two. Um, and we did the special. And this, the COVID special. Yeah. Honestly, it's been so much fun. It's an amazing project. It's an amazing team of people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's number one. Like, we just love the people we're working for, essentially. Um, it was also cool for us to take a break and come into service to another team, like lend yeah. all of our skills and not be the ones responsible for the vision of it. So I was like, and we just, we, we love what they're doing. As a couple who work together and my wife and I do Movie Maker together, did you come away with any sort of universal advice to couples who work together? I mean, it's so cliche, but listening, really yeah. hearing <laughs> what the other one is yeah trying because creative process is so challenging to be in with like sometimes you start to speak about something that's coming out of you before it's fully you know evolved <laughs> so that and listening is very important I think it's challenging with men and women it's such a it's such a better world for that right now mm-hmm. but I think you know what sometimes if there was conflict it was really learning how to navigate the waters when people are more used to speaking to men taking orders from men you know, or men leading and there's just, it's just a different style him and I have, um, or, or just your gender alone can change the nature of that. But, you know, Derek and I finding our own way to stand and deal with that, but staying on task, I think we was, was great. We found it. I feel. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so too. Um, I'm trying to think of some good advice. I mean, it's weird because when you're a filmmaker, I'm sure a lot of people who are, are listening to this are probably filmmakers. Like, it's such an all-consuming thing, you know. Like, there's no work day. It's just you're always oh yeah. Working. <laughs> and so you really need. It's actually really beneficial to to have a, a a partner who understands that and can work, you know, with you on that. Um, but then it's important to say, okay, we need to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, my wife and I have learned to appreciate the like 30 second pause between work conversations and other conversations. We'll, we'll just like be silent for 30 seconds to like clear the air and then be like, hey, how's your mom? Oh, good. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to need to ponder on that question some more. I think it's really something that we should write about, actually. I think it's also easy to take yeah. for granted each other you know like and what you bring or are as you're talking about talking about work too much it's like the frustrate there's so many frustrations that come with making it and if you talk about the frustrations all the time like I think we've learned to like let's go back to the table and remind ourselves all the amazing beautiful things that we're discovering and we're putting into the project so that keeps fueling you because frustrations if the you know it, it could burn you out and I think we've had points of time where we're like oh my god this is we're never going to get through this and we felt burned out, you know, and we had to come back to each other and why we were here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think reminding yourself and each other why you're here is important. And staying, you know, honoring the commitment, you know, the commitment to each other, the commitment to the project. Yeah, because I'm um, like, there's no way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only way through is through. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> but it's good because there are some real challenges when it comes to, to filmmaking. And you know, as a as a as a couple, there's a reason why we're together. Like there's a profound appreciation and, and love and understanding, and and dramatic differences in process. Sometimes I think honestly that'd be the best thing I would say is just. Um, it's a good lesson in general for life and dealing with people is that other people can have a radically different process from you, but that doesn't mean that they're crazy or wrong or stupid, right? Like it's just another way of looking at it. And the more that you can learn to appreciate that and make space for that and, and learn from it and kind of humble yourself through that, like the better collaboration is. And I've had to learn, I'm not always the best collaborator because I can be very controlling. Yeah, he'll take everything into his corner. Yeah. Right. But, so I have to remind him like, there's a whiteboard, let's put it out there. Yeah, so you gotta learn. <laughs> and for me, I hate Excel sheets. He mm. loves them. So that's a perk of the relationship. There like, you go. Do the Excel sheet, please. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> That was Jessica Hester and Derek Schweikart giving the complete rundown on their film Coast. You can learn more about it at coastthefeature.com. If you're interested in learning more about Movie Maker production services, once again, you can email tim at moviemaker.com. I'm Tim Malloy, and if you're interested in learning more about my music and like my songwriting process, then... Okay, I'm getting a note from our producer that no one is interested in that and that I should just ask you to uh, leave us stars on Apple if you want to, or a comment, or subscribe, or forward us to a friend. Also to tell you that we are at moviemaker.com. Thanks for listening.